1: Hey, Tom Harbin here. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. It's supported by advertising. So after this brief message, we'll get right into it. You know what's shocking that your home can be stolen this easily? That's the brutal lesson Deborah learned when thieves found her home's title online, forged it, and literally took ownership of her home. In an instant, thieves legally owned Deborah's home. She got evicted and spent a fortune in legal fees trying to get it back. You know, the FBI calls home title
0: fraud one of the fastest growing crimes, and you do not want to be next. That's why I
1: urge you to protect the online title to your home with Home Title Lock. You know, the legal documents to our homes are kept online where thieves hunt them. They forge the documents stating you sold your home. Then they borrow against your home and stick you with the payments. And no insurance or bank protects you. Home Title Lock does. You could already be a victim of title fraud and not know it. Find out. Register your home at HomeTitleLock.com and enter WATCH for one month of free protection. Again, enter WATCH for one month free at HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. This is the Tom Hartman Program. It's an extraordinary day. We are discovering that we're looking at the Trump administration and how they're dealing with this epidemic, potential epidemic. It's, you know, in many parts of the world, it is an epidemic. We're going to have Dr. Leanna Wen, an ER doc, public health professor at George Washington University. She was previously Baltimore's health commissioner. And uh, she was born in Shanghai, China, so has some perspectives on this. She's going to be here. Meanwhile, the president's chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, says that the media is, uh, quote, exaggerating the seriousness of the coronavirus because they think this will bring down the president, and that's what this is all about, end quote. Rush Limbaugh made that claim day before yesterday. I, I don't know what he said yesterday, but I doubt he walked it back. He said, you know, that this is being weaponized by the Democrat Party. Of course, there's no such thing as a Democrat Party. It would be so funny if members of the Democratic Party on the floor of the House and Senate, you know, Republicans are always referring to it as the Democrat Party. They're doing what, you know, Joe McCarthy back in the 1950s said, don't ever call it the Democratic Party. That sounds like a nice thing. Call it the Democrat Party with emphasis on rat. And that's what they're doing. So should we start calling it the Republic Party or the Republic Party? I think that's just a little too weird, but, you know, the Republican Party. So, anyhow, Republic, Republican Mick Mulvaney says, says you know, uh, what was going on four or five weeks ago? Impeachment. That's all the press wanted to talk about, and that's why we weren't talking about how Donald Trump was protecting us with a travel ban. All right. And then Mulvaney says, the news media was too occupied covering impeachment because they thought it might bring down the president. The reason you're seeing so much attention to it today is that they think this is gonna be the thing that brings down the president. That's what this is all about. This is, the flu kills people, he said. This is not Ebola, it's not SARS, it's not MERS, it's not a death sentence, it's not the same as the Ebola crisis. Well, sort of, you know, the flu has a one-tenth of 1% fatality rate out of every 1,000 people who get the flu, one of them dies this coronavirus appears to have a 2% mortality rate, which means out of every 100 people who get it, two of them die. Meanwhile, we uh, just learned, or I just learned, I, I guess probably you know, careful observers of the CDC have known this for some time, that the new head of the United States Center for Disease Control, Dr. Robert Redfield, back in the 80s, said that the AIDS epidemic was God's judgment against homosexuals. He said that the spread of AIDS across the United States was due to a lack of traditional family values. He is a fundamentalist Catholic, like Bill Barr and Clarence Thomas. Uh, Yeah. Meanwhile, the Trump budget uh, continues to assert that the Centers for Disease Control should be cut by $700 million. Japan is talking about canceling or postponing the Olympics Italy has locked down 50,000 people in 10 northern towns. They've closed schools, universities, and other educational centers in 14 different provinces, the equivalent of our states. The number of new coronavirus cases outside China has doubled every five and a half days since January. And this is where it gets really mind boggling. And this is now confirmed. There were a bunch of people who had not tested positive for the coronavirus, who contacted a Republican member of Congress, apparently one of these folks was good friends with a Republican member of Congress, I don't know who that member of Congress was. But it was a Republican who was close enough to Trump to whisper in his ear, or maybe Pompeo, and say, get us out of here. There were 14 people who were showing symptoms of this disease, so they tested everybody And they found that sure enough, these 14 people all have the coronavirus and they're sitting in an airport in Tokyo, not the public airport, but, you know, a military airport. And so the CDC said those 14 people who we know are infected and are currently shedding viruses, those people should be shipped back to the United States for treatment in a separate airplane. They should not be thrown into a giant airplane where everybody's breathing the same air and touching the same bathroom door knobs and things like that with the other 320 some odd people, American citizens who just got, who are being repatriated, who not only show no symptoms, but actually test negative for the virus. CDC said use two airplanes. Two agencies, two federal agencies were in charge of this, Health and Human Services, that's Alex's Azar, the guy who doubled the price of pharmaceuticals when he was the CEO of Lilly, Eli Lilly, the drug companies. Now he's head of HHS. And Mike Pompeo, who has absolutely no public health experience. He was a, you know, a right-wing congressman. That's, that's what he did. He was a Tea Partier. And he's in charge of the State Department. So the Centers for Disease Control, Anthony Fauci, who has now been muzzled, by the way, he's been told not to talk to the public anymore. Everything has to go through Mike Pence. The Centers for Disease Control said, split it into two planes, put the contaminated people on one plane, put the well people who have not been exposed to contamination on a separate plane. The CDC was overruled by the Trump administration, both the State Department and HHS, and all 300 and some odd healthy people were thrown into the same plane with the 14 people that we knew had the coronavirus, and they were flown into Travis Air Force Base in California. At the Air Force Base, all of these people, this entire collection, the 14 known infected people and the 300 plus people who seemed to not be infected, were greeted by people from the Centers for Disease Control who were wearing spacesuits. But Alex Azar's Department of Health and Human Services decided to send a group of people from a completely different agency. They sent people from the agency that basically is responsible for separating children from their families at the border and dealing with federal level child abuse things. These were the Administration for Children and Families, ACF. Basically, these are social workers. The Department of Health and Human Services sent social workers who had no medical background whatsoever to meet these 300 plus people who had just spent 14 hours, locked in a cabin, in an airplane with 14 people who were known to have coronavirus. They sent these people in their normal business suits, their normal day-to-day clothing. They met with them. They put pins or buttons or ribbons or something on them that indicated whether they were or were not infected. I'm not even sure that these people were wearing face masks. I mean, we don't know. The federal government won't tell us. What we do know is they were not given protective equipment and they were not trained in how to do this. They handed out keys to the rooms where people are staying to these people. And then none of them were tested. These people who Alex Azar, the Trump administration, these people who were exposed to active coronavirus infected people, none of them were tested and none of them were quarantined. And you know, some of them lived in this local community. Others, one of them got on a commercial airplane and he could be shedding viruses all over the seats. I mean, this is, this is starting to make me nervous. I'm getting out of plane tomorrow to Chicago. So after this happens, and these people go back out into the community, now we've got this woman in the hospital who doesn't know any of these people, has nothing to do with the Air Force Base that was 10 miles from her home and from the town she lives in, Again, this is my opinion, and I'm not a medical expert, but it seems to me that probably what happened was one of these people who had contact with the infected people, one of these people that Alex Azar sent in there, our Department of Health and Human Services, or Mike Pompeo sent in the State Department, after they ignored the advice of the CDC, one of those people who greeted them, got infected, was not yet symptomatic, was walking through town, went shopping, bought something, stopped at some store, opened a door with their hand, into a mcdonald's or a starbucks or anything could be anything and then this woman came along and she opened the same door with her hand or touched the same countertop and she got the virus and she's in the hospital now i mean it's got this is what's called community transmission and this is what we have right now so a whistleblower in the department of health and human services takes this to her boss and says you know this is not right i've got people freaking out. Some of those some of those social workers who were met to meet the, the airplane with no protective gear, they're starting to freak out. And she was told, you are now demoted and moved to a different division. You no longer have people working for you. And if you don't accept this demotion, you're fired. So we've got another whistleblower that the Trump administration is, tried to, is trying to destroy after they screwed up royally. This is just mind-boggling. The incompetence of this administration, and how they're cutting back on everything. Oh, and Mike Pence. What's what's Mike Pence doing? He's in charge of all this, right? He's our coronavirus guy. Well, yesterday he spoke at CPAC in Washington D.C., and tonight he's flying down to Florida for a twenty-five thousand dollar dinner fundraiser for his re-election campaign with uh, Donald Trump. And what did Trump do yesterday? To show his dedication to public health and learning about this disease he spent the day hanging out with diamond and silk and some d-list stars of a play about peter strock and lisa page the fbi agents who had an affair this if this doesn't trouble you i don't know what will this is the tom hartman program we have an administration that has told over sixteen thousand lies, lives where people are backing the president up with their sharpies on maps and things and this is, this is the, the gang who can't shoot straight. <music> Tal Harvin here with you. Uh, uh, this is just mind-boggling. The Swiss government has banned all events over 1,000 people. Mormons around the world are canceling leadership, key leadership events. Facebook canceled F8, its annual conference for developers. The National Symphony of Japan has canceled all their concerts. Series A's biggest match will be played in an empty stadium, televised. The Saudis have closed Mecca and Medina, Islam's holiest sites, to all foreigners. South Korea and the U.S. have postponed their annual military drills. K pop star BTS has canceled Seoul shows. Tokyo Disneyland is now closed. And Tokyo officials say that the Olympics will be canceled more likely to be canceled than postponed. I had earlier said they were gonna be postponed. It's incredible. The Dow is down 735 points. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, you know, the business community is figuring this stuff out. People are not gonna be going to movies. People are not gonna be going to malls to shop. Probably Amazon's business is gonna go up substantially. Food delivery services, is Grubhub or DoorDash, I guess it's DoorDash is planning on doing a, an individual public offering. I mean, this is what's going to happen. The schools are going to close in many of these communities. And frankly, it looks like this is probably going to spread across the U.S. And it might even be the new fact of life that every year we get a wave of Wuhan virus, just like we get the common cold, and 2% of the people who get it die. And where are we? We're right back where we were in 1910, basically, before the development of the sulfa drugs, which came along with World War I in the 19-teens, and then penicillin in the 1940s we will be back to the point where every year, two, three, four percent of Americans simply die from an infection. It used to be a fairly common thing. It used to be that you had a urinary tract infection or a stomach infection or a lung infection before antibiotics. You know, two, three percent of the time, it would actually kill you. So it's not like, you know, the human race and this country for that matter hasn't seen this kind of thing before and lived through it. It used to be normal. But the transition from what is our current normal to this new normal is going to be rather jarring because we're used to being able to treat everything. So, uh, you know, we'll see where this all goes. On the line with us is Dr. Lena Wen. She is an emergency room physician, public health professor at George Washington University School of Medicine. She previously served as the health commissioner for the state of Baltimore. And her Twitter handle is Dr. D-R-Lena, L-E-A-N-A-W-E-N. Dr. Wen, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you very much, Tom. It's good to be back. And I just wanted to mention that I'm the, I was the health commissioner for the city of Baltimore, although oh. we like to think of ourselves as a state.
1: Yeah. Um, sometimes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> My apologies. I used to live right next door. It's been a long week. So as an ER physician, as a professor of public health, and I don't know anybody who would have more expertise at how these things happen. I realize, well, I don't know if you've been specifically studying this coronavirus, but what's your take on how things that are as transmissible as this virus is or appears to be, given the evidence that we have, what's your take on how this is going to spread? And I'm also curious, we now know that the U.S. had evacuated just a little short of 400 people, Americans. They discovered that 14 of those people were infected with the Wuhan virus. The CDC asked that those people be flown back to America on a separate plane so they could be isolated. The State Department, Mike Pompeo's State Department and Alex Azar's Department of Health and Human Services overruled that and threw those 14 people in with the other 300 plus Americans who did not test positive. They were met at the at Travis Air Force Base in California by CDC people who were wearing protective, you know, space suits and people from the Child and Family Services Division of HHS, the group that have been separating children from their parents at the border. This is their expertise. They're basically social workers. And they were wearing normal street clothes, and they met all these people, and they passed out room keys, and and put you know pins or ribbons on them to indicate their status and told them where to go stay and then those people were never tested one of them got on a commercial airplane flew someplace a couple of others have flown to other parts you know back to their hhs offices and apparently uh, several of them live in this community where this woman who's in the hospital right now is I don't know if she's fighting for her life, but she her condition has deteriorated so badly they had to move her to a different kind of hospital. Clearly with the Wuhan virus, and she has no contact, although the town she lives in is 10 miles from the Air Force Base where this plane came in. She's had no contact with anybody. That sounds to me like somebody who acquired that, uh, you know, one of these people that Alex Azar flew in there, acquired that virus from one of these passengers and then walked around town, you know, opening doors and things, shedding viruses on them, and, that, and then she might have opened the same door to the same store or restaurant or something like that. Am I way out in weird field by thinking that this is what's going on and there's actually probably hundreds or maybe even thousands of Wuhan virus cases to be found around this Air Force Base and maybe even all around the country as a result of this decision by Alex Azar at HHS and Mike Pompeo at State not to fly the infected people back in their own separate plane?
0: So I would like, if it's okay with you, Tom, to begin with the facts of what we know, because in every public health emergency, it's always good that we begin with the science of the facts and understanding that this is a very quickly evolving situation, that COVID-19, which is the new coronavirus, is new, that it was discovered just two months ago, and that there is a lot that we know about it now, but also a lot that we don't know about it. What we know about COVID-19 is that it is a respiratory virus. It spreads like the flu, like a cold from person to person through the respiratory route. So if you cough, you sneeze, and somebody is standing right there, and I know this sounds a little bit gross, but the respiratory droplets land on their mouth, on their nose, then they might contract the virus that way. Mm-hmm. Also, if you cough onto your hand and then you shake someone else's hand, then they put their hand to, to their mouth and their nose. That's how they get that as well.
1: Right, and I understand the average person touches their face 20 times an hour. A habit we all need to break.
0: That's that's exactly right. And so there are things that we can do to prevent ourselves from getting the coronavirus just as we would prevent to prevent ourselves from getting the flu or a cold, which is frequent hand-washing with warm water and soap, and also staying home and staying away from others who are ill. So that's what we know about the virus. And you were asking about the transmission and the likelihood of transmission. What we understand from the pattern of transmission so far is that this is a very infectious virus that one person who has coronavirus could transmit it to an average of two to three other people, which means that it is a contagious illness. Something else that we found about it is that, and this is both good and bad, is that there are people with mild or no symptoms who also have COVID-19, the novel coronavirus. Now, the good thing about it is that It's not nearly as lethal, as deadly, as SARS and MERS, which are other types of coronaviruses. It is looking like the fatality rate for this coronavirus is about 2% compared to 10% for SARS or 30 to 40% for MERS. So it's significantly lower. The bad news is that because there are people walking around who may have minimal or no symptoms, they may think they have a cold or they may not have any symptoms at all. But they could still be transmitting this virus to other people, which makes detection challenging. Actually, there was just a case that was, um, that was reported in California a couple of days ago. That's likely to be the first case of community transmission within the U.S., meaning that it's not tied to travel anywhere, at least no known travel anywhere, that it's person-to-person spread within the U.S. And we know that there are more than 47 countries as of last count that already have coronavirus being in their countries, and that the spread in the communities in these countries is also happening, too. So that's what we know about coronavirus. Now, you referenced a very specific instance, and I want to, again, clarify some details. One is that this coronavirus is believed to have started in a particular place in Wuhan, China. But the World Health Organization is very careful not to call it by the location where it started for fear of stigmatizing the individuals who live in that region, because it's not like the individuals caused the virus. The virus started in that area, it could have started anywhere. And so that's why the name that the World Health Organization has given it is COVID-19, or people are also referring to it as the novel coronavirus. The individuals that you were referring to, who were evacuated did not come from Wuhan, China. They were on board a cruise ship. Oh, um, the thank time you in for Internet. correcting
1: me on that. I've seen news reports that have said both, and I. And so thank you.
0: And I just, I think that's important because, again, we don't, given the amount, as you have reported so much, given the amount of inaccurate information that's out there with conspiracy theories and others, right. especially for something that's as dire as a public health emergency, we just want, I, I just wanted to clarify that. So these were individuals who are on board the cruise ship. And, you know, it's, here's the thing about public health emergencies and any types of, of emergencies. Officials. Public health leaders, leaders in general, have to make spur-of-the-moment decisions based on the best information they have available at that time. They are often under extreme time pressure to make a decision one way or another. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. But in the moment, you do the best that you can, and the best that we can expect from our leaders is that they hear the expert guidance of all those around them, that they make a really tough decision. Now, sometimes with this administration, but with any administration, sometimes you look and you say, huh, that decision was just wrong. Like, well, it's here's what, one of the
1: things that we know is that the CDC was so upset that the state department and hhs decided to co these people on the same plane that they issued an official request that their name not be on any press release about the repatriation of these americans
0: so tom let me first in my answer right now to you let me first state that i am not known to be a defender of the trump administration right. i have no ties to the trump administration i am in previous roles that i have held i've sued the trump administration and so uh. in my stating the following, I am not defending them, I'm just explaining what is my understanding of
1: what could have taken place. Right, I'm not suggesting that that they were malicious. I think they just weren't mm -hmm. listening to the science, which seems to be a characteristic of this administration, frankly.
0: That may be true in general, but I don't think that this is the right example to be using, and here's why. In a situation like this, the decision to evacuate the individuals on the same flight or not is in that gray zone it is not in the black and white category of this is categorically wrong or categorically right it is in that gray zone where public health experts will have different opinions about what the right thing to do is okay now there were other health officials as i understand for part of that discussion who said they think that it was reasonable given that these individuals were already on the plane and that they were separated in a whole different area and there were mm. infectious disease doctors on board i mean it's a reasonable decision either way okay now i do think that there's a lot that the trump administration has not done right with this response but i don't think that this is the uh, so what about, about
1: sending social workers to meet them at the air force base with no protective clothing and no training.
0: I think you're referring to whistleblower complaint that came through yesterday. Um, I don't know the specifics other than what I've read in the news, but certainly it is irresponsible to send frontline workers to be exposed potentially to a virus without protection. As you well said, these are individuals who, I mean, if we can't protect our own healthcare workers, we're really doing disservice to everyone in this country. But also, this is an infectious disease risk, too.
1: Yeah. So bottom line, we're going to hit a break here in a minute and a half. With Dr. Lena Wen, ER physician, public health professor at George Washington University, previously Baltimore's health commissioner. Dr. Wen, what should we all be doing to prepare for this as individuals and families?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to say what I wish the president has been telling the American people because his messaging has been very muddled. But here's what he should have said He should have said that the risk to the everyday American right now is low. However, things are quickly evolving this disease has spread to more than 47 countries and it could well be spread in the form of an outbreak here he should have said that the u.s has been leading an effective response so far but that things are going to get worse because that's the nature of a disease outbreak now is not the time to panic now is the time for us to prepare just as we would for any emergency so bottom line is coronavirus is now on the verge of a global epidemic. It is in the U.S. It will come to to the U.S. Don't fear it and panic, but rather prepare. And the best antidote to that fear is the truth. That's what the Trump administration should be doing. They should be giving us the truth. And instead of trying to paint a rosy picture of what's happening, they should be telling us exactly what is happening, what their decisions are, how they're changing their decisions over time based on evolving evidence, and what the American people, all of us, should
1: be doing because
0: epidemics are an all-hands-on-deck situation.
1: I've been, you know, there are reports of uh, shortages in the pharmaceutical supply line. There's 150 drugs manufactured in China and nowhere else in the world, and apparently they're not getting out of China right now. My doctor gave me a 90-day prescription for the blood pressure medication I take just in case the health insurance company refused to pay for it but i paid for it you know we've got a week or so's worth of food at home just canned stuff that we're going to use anyway that seems like reasonable you know paper products things like that if if people freak out if it comes to this to my community here in portland and stores start closing and stuff as has happened across northern italy and i'm telling people to get healthy stop smoking start exercising eat your vegetables is that all reasonable stuff
0: Absolutely. That's just
1: good health practice and good public health practice. Okay, cool. Dr. Lena Wen, Professor Lena Wen, I I should call her. Thank you so much for dropping by today. All right, take care. Great talking with you. D-R-L-E-A-N-A-W-E-N is her Twitter handle. So check it out and say hi. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. And we'll be back with uh, your calls and the news of the day in just a moment. So when you look in the mirror, do you see wrinkles around your eyes, crows feet, large under eye bags? Would you rather not see them? Imagine they're gone. I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery. Just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crows feet, and under eye bags in minutes. It's the edge you've been looking for. Don't believe it? Try it. You won't have to imagine anymore. You'll look just like you, only 10 years younger. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with friends. And the best part is Plexiderm goes on clear, so nobody will even know you're using it. Go to TryPlexiderm.com and use my code VOICES for 50% off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning the code VOICES. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit TryPlexiderm.com today and use the code VOICES at checkout. That's TryPlexiderm.com, code VOICES. The stock market is collapsing again, or continuing to. It's now dropped below 10% below its high which means that it's officially in what stock traders would call a correction and of course a correction is something we've been anticipating for quite a while the stock market has been higher than actual economic activity and and company profits would justify in large part because companies have been using their giant tax rebates to buy back their stock But the thing that's driving this is concern about the coronavirus and its impact on the u.s economy or on the economy all around the world because i mean you know now you've got there are 150 different drugs sold in the united states that are exclusively manufactured in china which is very concerning we it's one of the reasons i suggested the other day that you talk to your doctor about getting a 90-day supply if you take an essential medication The guy who doubled the price of insulin when he was at Eli Lilly, Alex Azar, he's now our head of Health and Human Services, because Trump always puts lobbyists in charge of everything, right? He was asked repeatedly yesterday before Congress, Jan Schakowsky was questioning him, when a vaccine is developed to deal with this, and of course, large chunks of the funding for that are coming from your tax dollars and mine through the National Institutes of Health. When a vaccine is developed can you guarantee us that it'll be affordable to everybody in the country? And he repeatedly said, no, he wouldn't. He didn't want to interfere with the so-called free market. I mean, this is pretty crazy. The guy who is the acting head of the Department of Homeland Security, which used to have, before 2018, a division that looked at epidemiology and epidemic diseases, a position created by Barack Obama during his presidency uh, in response to the Ebola outbreak in Africa. That agency was shut down, and the guy in charge of it was fired by Trump in 2018, because after all, it was something Obama did. The Department of Homeland Security literally doesn't even have a division that deals with this kind of stuff any longer. And Chad Wolf, who was the acting head, was before Congress yesterday, and they said, do you know what the fatality rate is from this coronavirus? And he said, well, it appears to be a little, uh, you know, around 2%, a little above 2%, but we're guessing that it's actually lower than that because there's probably a lot of cases that are not being diagnosed, which is accurate, more or less. And then they said, so what's the mortality rate for the flu? And he said, it's about the same. It's around 2%. I'm sorry, that's wrong. The mortality rate for the flu is one-tenth of one percent, which means out of every thousand people who get the flu, one will die but a two percent mortality rate for the coronavirus means out of every hundred people who get the coronavirus two will die now just let that sink in and the head of the department of homeland security who's charged with protecting us doesn't know the difference between the flu and the coronavirus in public you know under oath testimony yesterday before congress you know, I think one of the reasons the markets are falling, and if you were looking at the future markets yesterday while well, Donald Trump was giving his BS press conference saying, oh, there's only 15 cases, which was a lie. The scientists just before him had said, you know, we have 60 cases that we know of. And Trump, oh, we only have 15 cases and they're all getting better. Pretty soon we're going to have none. Right. This guy has told 16,000 documented lies, documented by the uh, Washington Post. The biggest lie that anybody could come up with. The one lie from the Barack Obama administration was if you like your health insurance company, you can keep it. And that was true, by the way, of 97% of people who moved to Obamacare. So it's not really a lie, (laughs) but I mean, you know, the last lie that I remember a president telling in my lifetime that was a serious and consequential lie was when Lyndon Johnson said that we'd been attacked in the Gulf of Tonkin, or when George W. Bush and Dick Cheney said that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. But, you know, that was one lie for each. But, but here are the 16,000 lies, and now he's lied about the coronavirus. There are reasons that we need to be legitimately concerned about this. There are health reasons, but more importantly, I think right now, there are political reasons. And I'm going to talk about both the politics and the health of this entire situation. There was a fellow down in Florida, his name was Osmel Martinez Azu. He was a businessman. He had come back from China. And he came down with the symptoms of a cold. You know, he had a fever. He had a cough. He felt like crap. And he'd just been to China. So he goes to the hospital. He goes to his local hospital, to the ER. And he says, you know, I might have the coronavirus. Because I just came back from China and I've got these symptoms. And so the doctors there tested him. Turned out he didn't have it, which was you know a relief for everybody involved, and sent him home. And he was like, "Okay, cool. I'm you know going to, gonna go home." He then gets a bill in the mail for three thousand two hundred and seventy dollars for the emergency room visit and the test. And the Washington Post reports today he's expecting even more bills to arrive over the next few weeks apparently they haven't gone through all the items in the itemization. $3,270 to show up at the ER and say, I think I may have coronavirus. Please test me. This is how screwed up and insane our healthcare system is. Because from the get-go, you know, the whole Republican thing, you know, remember when LBJ, you probably don't remember. Most people watching are not old enough to remember. But in the 1960s, in uh, 1965-66, as LBJ was putting together Medicare. And Ronald Reagan was saying, if Medicare passes, we shall have moved into the era of socialized medicine, and America will no longer be a country where men are free. Republicans were hysterical about Medicare. It's socialized medicine. Well, they're still hysterical about it. They're still trying to destroy it. So anyhow, LBJ wanted, and Robert Ball, the guy who actually wrote the Medicare bill, who wrote it in a way that a decade later it would be possible to s- start lowering the age requirement and eventually have Medicare cover everybody in the country as a single-payer health care system. It was literally designed that way by LBJ and Hubert Humphrey and Robert Ball and Democratic members of Congress. Medicare was designed to be a national health care system within 10 years. But in any case, the Republicans said, you can't give people free medical care. They will abuse it. They're going to be living in the hospitals. So you've got to make people pay at least 20% of the bill. And so they built this hole into Medicare, where Medicare only covers 80% of your expenses. And what that did, of course, is it provided an opportunity for private health insurance companies to fill in that 20% hole. Those are called Medigap policies. But this was the pound of flesh that Republicans extracted in exchange for. Well, actually, no Republicans voted for Medicare, but but you know, <laughs> maybe conservative Democrats at the time. But whatever it was, we got the same thing with Obamacare. I mean, the Kaiser Family Foundation found that more than half of all people with health insurance to their employees have an annual deductible of at least thousand dollars the average on obamacare plans is four thousand dollars which means that the first thousand dollars if you show up in the er and say i want to get tested for coronavirus you know it's going to cost three 000, four thousand dollars the hospital's going to bill your insurance company and the insurance company's going to say to you you have to pay the first thousand dollars That's the way it is with Obamacare right now, which is as good as we've been able to get it. And then, you know, Trump now is selling on the Obamacare exchanges these junk policies. They used to be limited to 90 days. Now they're up to three years, where the health insurance company, oh, you, you don't like that $600 a month policy? How about this $300 a month policy? And the problem is that, you know, if you get sick, seriously sick, like cancer or something, it'll only pay a couple hundred thousand dollars, and then that's it. You'd have no more money, period. This is why we need Medicare for all. Nancy Pelosi tweeted out the Trump budget guts nearly $700 million from the Centers for Disease Control. At the same time, Republicans in Washington are suing before the Supreme Court to end Obamacare so that if you get sick with coronavirus and you show up in the hospital and the doctor says, oh, you know, your lungs are in really bad shape, you shouldn't have been smoking. Your health insurance company will be able to say, No, we're not going to pay for any of this. That's a pre existing condition. If there ever was a case for Medicare for all, the way that Bernie Sanders is promoting it, and Elizabeth Warren, with no deductibles, no co pays, everything's covered, like it is in every other developed country in the world, it's the coronavirus. I mean, who's going to spend $3,000 going to the hospital to get tested? And not only that, by the way, this guy in California tried to get tested. This is the Tom Hartman Program. He tried to get tested, and they turned him down because the CDC guidelines said, we'll only test people who've been to China. Seriously. Tom Hartman Program, the place where despair is not an option. American business is realizing... The Chinese business is shut down. Northern Italian business is shutting down. This is starting to spread around the world. They're not even sure exactly how it's spreading in some places. The Dow is down. And it's exacerbated by the fact that pretty much all the investors know that the market is overbought to begin with. The, the stocks are way higher in price than they should be. They don't reflect the actual value of the stock market. But here we are in the United States. We do not have a national health care system. I mean literally we do not have a national health care system unlike every other developed country in the world and only three out of the 100 public health labs in the united states public you know federally funded public health labs only three are able to test for the covid19 virus this wuhan virus or coronavirus whatever you want to call it that's according to the association of public health libraries and the tests cost 250 bucks a whack What has Trump done about this? China has now put 100 million citizens in lockdown, a huge national quarantine. They are building quarantine hospitals in days time. How does the United States respond to this? A great article over at foreignpolicy.com by Lori Garrett, who's been a guest on this program. She wrote a book called The Coming Plague back, geez, 15 years ago. She basically predicted what we're looking at right now. And that book really deserves a revival. It was a brilliant book at the time. I read it. I'm pretty sure she wrote it even before we started our show. It might have been more like 20 years ago. It was quite a while ago. But uh, Lori Guerra has been on our program before. And she points out the Obama administration created a permanent epidemic monitoring command group inside the National Security Council, the White House uh, NSC, and another one, a redundant one, in the Department of Homeland Security, DHS. Both are now gone. Trump shut them down. In the spring of 2018, Laurie Garrett writes in foreignpolicy.com, in the spring of 2018, the White House pushed Congress to cut funding for Obama-era disease security programs, proposing to eliminate $252 million in previously committed resources for rebuilding health systems in Ebola, ravaged Liberia, Sierra Leone, and Guinea. They reduced $15 billion in national health spending and cutting the global disease fighting operational budgets of the CDC, the NSC, the DHS, and HHS. The government's $30 million complex crises fund, which is how the government would respond to something like the Wuhan virus starting to spread significantly in the United States, Trump eliminated that altogether. In May of 2018, Trump ordered the National Security Council's entire global health security unit to be shut down and called for the reassignment of Rear Admiral Timothy Zimmer, He was the guy in charge of it and the dissolution of his team inside the agency. Neither the National Security Council epidemic team nor the DHS Department of Health and Services epidemic teams have been replaced. Trump fired them all. The global health section of the CDC was so drastically cut, Laurie Garrett writes, in 2018, that much of its staff was laid off and the number of countries it was working in was reduced from 49 to merely 10. Meanwhile, throughout 2018, the U.S. Agency for International Development and its director, Mark Green, repeatedly came under fire from both the White House and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And those Congress has so far managed to block Trump administration plans to cut the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps by 40 percent, the disease fighting cadres have steadily eroded as retiring officers are not being replaced by the Trump administration. What Trump has done basically is make it almost impossible for the federal government. He has dissolved the infrastructure within our federal government that could respond to an epidemic crisis. And he's done it in the name of, you know, we're Republicans, we hate the government. I mean, that's the bottom line. All right, Ronald Reagan, in his inaugural address, I'm here to tell you that government is not the solution to your problems, it is the cause of your problems. This has been the Republican mantra since 1981 kill the government. And Trump has put this on steroids. He is killing our national security systems. He is killing our intelligence agencies. He's killing our Justice Department. And by killing, i am literally, they're deconstructing these things. They're firing people. They moved all the scientists with the Environmental Protection Agency from Washington, D.C. to Kansas City, Missouri. Said, let's get them out in the boondocks. Half of them couldn't go. They had families in D.C. Oh, that's great. We get to lay off half of them. The Interior Department has been gutted that manages our parks and uh, our national parks and public lands. And basically, they're selling off and giving away public lands to logging and mining companies and drilling companies like, you know, for pennies on the dollar. This is the stuff that Reagan did in small form. James Watts, Reagan, Reagan's uh, interior secretary, when he was asked, why are you giving away public lands for pennies on the dollar to, for oil drilling? He said, because Jesus is going to return to make all things new. Honest to God, that was his response in the media. Trump isn't even using a rationalization. He's just, we hate government. Bannon said we're going to dismantle the administrative state. He's listening doing it. To the Tom Hartman program. And it's rolling on. And I'm telling you, you know, it's, it's a crime against democracy and against our country what this president is doing. Hey, friends, wanted to give you the latest news about my good friend Bill Press. Bill no longer does his progressive morning show, but that doesn't mean he's gone away. No way. He's now out with a great new podcast, the Bill Press Pod, dropped twice a week. Check out the Bill Press Pod for Bill's interviews with some of the country's leading progressives, like Maxine Waters, Mark Bokan, Jamie Raskin, all roasting donald trump plus his lively end of the week roundtable with three of washington's top political reporters commenting on the latest craziness from the white house congress in the 2020 democratic primary for years bill press has been one of the leading progressive voices in our country so i'm so glad he's still out there on the left and stronger than ever i encourage you to join me by subscribing to bill's new podcast just go to wherever you get your podcast search for the bill press pod click on subscribe and you're in for a true progressive experience on the Bill Press Pod. Check out Bill's new podcast, The Bill Press Pod, dropped twice a week. Martin and Honey in Honey Beach, California. Hey, Martin, what's on your mind today?
2: What about the kids in the gulags down there? Is that a perfect breeding ground? Oh, my God.
1: Worried yes. worried about
2: this corona. Yeah, the kids in
1: the cages.
2: Yeah, I mean, oh my they're, God. they're like sardines and it's
1: unsanitary. Yeah. And somebody. Oh, flu is ripping out. through those things. Trump said that they wouldn't vaccinate the kids because he didn't want to pay for yeah. it. And now we've had several of these children die of flu in these uh, concentration camps that were running for refugees, you know, from our southern border.
2: Yeah, exactly. <gasps> I mean, they, wouldn't let, they arrested the doctors when the doctors went down there to try to vaccinate
1: them. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Martin, thank you for the call. Carol in Monesson, Pennsylvania. Hey, Carol, what's on your mind
2: today? Hi, Tom. Yeah, uh, that that man made a good point. I hadn't even thought of those poor children. I was thinking of it. Well, we stocked up for two weeks, as you did, I understand. I think it's always good to be aware of things, because I think when you're doing something, you're less fearful because you're actually doing something constructive. Yes. Like, I went and got my prescriptions filled for 90 days, That's a good things idea. like that. But yeah. my concern about this also has to do with the political landscape. I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm not going to any rallies. Yep. Where there are thousands of people. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I think a
1: lot of this stuff is going to move out of stadiums and into the Internet and probably fairly quickly. You know, now that we this is this one case in California where the guy had not traveled anywhere. You know, he obviously caught it from somebody else in his community. And for three days, he sat in the hospital saying, I think I have coronavirus and I need to be tested. And they kept saying, the CDC will not send us a test kit because you weren't in China. Yeah. This is crazy. Well,
2: we don't have any testing as the other countries do. Right. South Korea, all of them have these test kits.
1: Yeah. Hundreds I mean, we're so far
2: behind the curve on this that it's scary.
1: Yes. And it's because Trump fired all his public health officials and he's defunded the CDC. He's defund I mean, it's just it just goes on and on and on. I mean, I, I, the the uh the perfidity of this. I mean, it's just it's extraordinary. It's
2: absurd. It's absurd. And he only did it because most of that was Obama's programs were yes. Obama's programs, yes. And he just can't tolerate anything, no matter how good for the country it is, well, that if it was, has Obama's
1: name on it. Yeah, that was his excuse. But he was also being advised by the right-wing billionaires who run the think tanks, that you know the libertarian think tanks, that uh, you just need to get government out of all these things because the free market will solve all problems. And if we could just, go, yeah, yeah. you know, this is Charles Sauer's <laughs> yeah. argument from a couple of days ago. Just get the government out yeah. of everything, and the magical free market will magically solve everything.
2: Yeah, right. I'm sure that every one of us individually will be able to solve this program without the government. Right,
1: right. right. Yes, yes. (laughs) Have a good weekend, Tom. Thank you very much, Carol. Just as Margaret Thatcher said, there is no such thing as society, there's only a collection of individuals. Right. I mean, this is the philosophy that's been driving neoliberalism in the United States and the United Kingdom for 40 years now. And look at what it's done to both of our countries it has impoverished us. The rest of Europe is looking at the U.K. and saying, Brexit, see you later, guys. Although there's not a shortage of neoliberals in the EU anyway. Yesterday, I mentioned what Louise and I are doing to prepare for the possibility that the coronavirus becomes as ubiquitous in the United States as the common cold, which, or at least as the flu, which is increasingly looking to be the case and essentially is what the director of the Centers for Disease Control said yesterday. This is coming. Get ready. And, you know, I mentioned that the principal thing, if you can't avoid getting an infection, your number one way to survive the infection, because most people who get this only get a mild case, some people don't even show any symptoms at all. Some people get a more severe case, but then it goes away. You know, it knocks them down the way the flu knocks you down. And a very small percentage, it looks like it's around 2% die from it. And I'm guessing that when we really start seeing the numbers, it'll probably be closer to 1% because there's so many people who are, have mild symptoms who don't go to the, to the hospital or anything and never get diagnosed, at least in China. And, you know, we're starting to see some real numbers from what appears to be good science out of, for example, that cruise ship and you know what's happening in Italy right now so number one get healthy start eating good food start eating a lot of fruits and vegetables and and a lot of high fiber foods and get yourself in good health and you know start taking a walk every day to strengthen your lungs because this is a a lung infection number one number two And this is fascinating. I just caught this in the New York Times just a few minutes ago. In China, the information is now out from the Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention. They just published a huge analysis, and they said that the death rate from this coronavirus was 2.8% among men and 1.7% among women. Now, what accounts for that difference appears to be not so much that men and women are different in terms of their gender, but that in China, men are more likely to smoke and women are less likely to smoke and this is a disease of the lungs. So if you're concerned about the coronavirus coming to the United States, and you should be, it doesn't mean you panic, it doesn't mean you freak out, but if you're concerned about it coming, and you smoke, quit right now. Vape, quit right now. These things compromise the ability of your lungs to respond to a viral infection and thus increase the chances that if you get that viral infection, you will die from it. And that's not a good thing, right? So quit smoking. I mean, that's, I think, probably the number one thing. The other thing is, uh, Louise and I have, you know, this is not weird prepper stuff. This, again, was suggested in the New York Times yesterday. You know, have a couple weeks worth of food around, you know, and, and I'm talking about things like, you know, canned beans or dried beans. What Louise and I have is mostly beans and rice. You know just a couple pounds you know enough to last a couple of weeks because people do panic even when it's not warranted you see this one you know when a tornado's coming or a, or a giant storm or something like that suddenly the stores are empty we saw this louise and i saw this in 1972 when nixon was president when he put wage and price controls on as a result of the arab oil embargo and the teamsters struck and and in literally in 48 hours there was no food in the stores in detroit and that lasted for about a week you know that kind of thing might happen no need to panic no need to go into full prepper mode or become in my opinion or become like you know a mormon and have a years worth of food stored in your basement but get a couple weeks food so you don't have to be concerned i take a medication for blood pressure i take a very small dose of a drug called candesartan. my wife louise she takes a medication synthroid for her thyroid We went to our doctors. They looked up both these drugs. They're both generic, and they're both manufactured, in one case, from raw ingredients in China that are then put into pills in India, and in the other case, actually manufactured in China and come right to the United States from China. And so our doctors gave us a three-month prescription for each of those drugs. Generally, a pharmacy won't fill a three-month prescription, but have your doctor write on the prescription pad for vacation travel. In fact, Louise got challenged at the pharmacy. They said, well, what what is this? And Louise is like, well, I'm going to be in and out of town a lot over the next three months, and I don't have to be worrying about when I run out of what's an essential medication. They didn't give me a hard time. They just filled the script for me. But you have to have that on there, apparently, for the insurance company to pay for it. This guy in California, who had not been anywhere, he hadn't traveled anywhere, he goes to the hospital and he says, you know, I'm really sick and I think, it, you know, these are all the symptoms of coronavirus. Would you test me? And this is in the New York Times, an article by Roni Karen Rabin and Sherry Fink. A California coronavirus patient had to wait days to be tested because of restrictive federal criteria despite his doctor's request. He tested positive. What was the restriction? The restriction was the CDC will not send a drug, will not test you, will not send a test unless you've recently come back from China. So we may have, I mean, this guy caught it somehow in his community. Nobody knows how. And they should be testing probably everybody in that town right now. And they may find hundreds of cases. And they could be putting those people into quarantine. But none of that is happening right now. Donald Trump, his budget that he requested this month for this fiscal year that begins in October, would cut the CDC's budget by almost 16%, this is from the New York Times, the Department of Health and Human Services budget cut by 10%, cuts $3 billion to global health programs, a 53% cut to the World Health Organization, a 75% cut to the Pan American World Health Organization, and redirects funding to his wall. And what about those kids in the cages down there? Is that not a breeding ground for coronavirus? I mean, we've already had, because Trump didn't want to pay for flu shots for them, we've already had several of these children die from influenza. Have we forgotten about the kids in cages? They're still there. They're still in the friggin' cages. And meanwhile, Trump tweets out, low ratings, fake news, MS-DNC and CNN are doing everything possible to make the coronavirus look as bad as possible. Right. So Rush Limbaugh comes out yesterday, the guy who Trump gave the presidential medal of freedom to. And says that we shouldn't be listening to the cdc he's here's this is exactly what he said the verbatim quote from his transcript from his show so you got here the cdc urging americans to prepare for a coronavirus outbreak this might be bad this could be bad keep your kids at home don't go anywhere it might be bad we got 53 cases it might be bad it might be the stock market's plunging okay this person running this agency he's talking about the cdc who does she donate to well her brother is rod rosenstein Dr. Dye, and then he goes on to say, Dr. Nancy Messonnier of the Centers for Disease Control, which today warned it could be bad. It might be bad. Don't go to school. Don't go to work. Stay home and teleconference. She is the sister of the former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. And of course, Rosenstein is the guy who appointed Bob Mueller. So Rush Limbaugh, I mean, this could be life and death. And then you got Joe Hoff, a pro-Trump propagandist, writing a piece trashing this she's been a doctor with the CDC for 25 years so what of her brother's rod rosenstein but over at gateway pundit he wrote a piece trashing her this is a you know another one of these right wing conspiracy websites and trump was asked about this at his press conference and he said yeah i think that they're uh, hyping this up to get me basically that wasn't it. those weren't his exact words but you know the essence of it so he puts mike pence in charge mike pence He was a failed right-wing talk show host. Then he became the governor of Indiana. Then he went to Congress, and now he's Trump's vice president. And there was an HIV outbreak happening in rural Indiana. Mike Pence shut down the Planned Parenthood Clinic, which was the only place that tested for HIV, in the county. They went from 20 cases to 200 cases before the outbreak was finally under control. Because Mike Pence... Because of Mike Pence, the guy who says tobacco doesn't cause cancer. Tom Hartman program. Honestly, got it. Two thousand Mike Pence said tobacco doesn't cause cancer. This is our public health genius who's in charge of our coronavirus response. Really? So the uh, stupid response of the Trump administration to lay off and fire and shut down the entire departments in Homeland Security and National Security Council to deal with pandemic diseases. Because we have to save money because we've got to pay for those billionaires tax cuts and also diverting money away from the centers for disease control to trump's wall i mean all this stuff is just really helping us out isn't it joshua holland was writing about this over on alternet he notes that back in 2000 the usaa ran a multi-agency drill it was called top off t-o-p-o-f-f to see what would happen if somebody had tried to poison a major city with a bacterial agent. In this case, it was the plague. You're a pestis. This is bacteria, but it's treatable with antibiotics. Viruses are not treatable by anything except antiviral drugs, and we don't know if there's anything, any of those that'll work against coronavirus yet, although there's a couple of you know, hopeful things, but you know, it's going to take a while. But in any case, this was a disease, the plague, you know, what decimated Europe in the 1400s. But of course, they didn't have antibiotics back then that can be treated with a simple course of CPRO, A quote from Joshua Holland, on the very first day of the exercise, hospital capacity. Now, this was the simulation was somebody releases a bunch of plague bacteria in downtown Denver. And then you know, people get it, they don't know that they're sick, they go home, they take it back to their neighborhoods, and then pretty soon people start getting sick. That's the bottom line. That's what happened. On the first, very first day of the exercise, hospital capacity became overtaxed and understaffed. Understaffing in crucial areas of the system became apparent as patients streamed into emergency rooms. Low drug stocks, poor communication, and overwhelmed caregivers were all factors in a rapid deterioration of care in the Mile High City. By the third day of the simulation, the study's authors noted, quote, medical care is beginning to shut down in Denver. End of quote. Sometime into the first week of the outbreak, as people reacted to travel restrictions and forced isolation, civil unrest broke out. By the end of the drill, and this is from the federal government's report, quote, by the end of the drill, quote, stores were closed, food supplies ran out because no trucks were being led into the state. Rioting began to occur. When the exercise was terminated, between 950 and 2000 people were dead and the disease remained uncontrolled. Now, that was 20 years ago have we fixed anything since then no because republicans in congress have blocked every single effort and now the few small things that obama was able to get done by executive order you know creating an agency inside the national security council that would deal with pandemic diseases creating an agency inside the department of homeland security that would deal with pandemic uh, diseases both of those have been shut down by donald trump totally defunded and the guys running them they were men in both cases, and the guys running them were fired. This is where we're at right now, and because Republicans, ever since Medicare, have been saying people have to have skin in the game, you've got to have copays, you've got to have high deductibles, otherwise people will abuse the healthcare system. Most people who might even think that they have the coronavirus are not going to be willing to go to the hospital and be hit with a three thousand dollar bill, or go to the doctor's office and have to pay a fifty dollar copay, and then get hit with a two or three hundred dollar bill for the test. And that's assuming we've got the damn tests. It's amazing. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. So you look in the mirror and you see those wrinkles around your eyes, crow's feet, under eye bags. Now, just imagine that they're gone. And I'm not talking about going in for some kind of risky, expensive surgery. Just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in minutes. It's the edge you've been looking for. You can see the demonstrations over on their website at triplexiderm.com. Uh, they actually have videos of this in 10 minutes or less. In just a few minutes, you see these radical changes. It's remarkable. You look 10 years younger. I'm blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with friends, and the best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody will know you're using it. Unless of course you tell them. Go to triplexiderm.com and use my code VOICES for 50% off a full size bottle of Plexiderm plus an additional 10 bucks off. That's right, 50% off plus an additional $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning the code VOICES. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code VOICES at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com, code VOICES.